0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence.
1: Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to moderate turbulence. I'm Jeremy. I'm Adele. Hello, Adele. How are you? Huh? Pretty good, Jeremy. How are you?
0: Well, you know me. I'm always good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. you know me.
0: <laughs> well, you know me. <laughs> what are you up to? What's going on? <laughs>
1: Well, we just had a lovely weekend um, away. We went to Seattle, Washington, in case nobody knew where Seattle was. (laughs) I decided to add that. Um, Because if you haven't listened to any of our episodes in the last, I don't know, six months, we've been...
0: Living in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, pretty much living in Vancouver. Temporarily, of course. We still have our place in Calgary, but... Um, we're training here, so driving down to Seattle is very simple. Yeah, it's a couple uh, not, hours. Yeah. yeah, not too far away. So a bunch of us rented an Airbnb, drove down for the weekend, and had a lovely time.
0: Yeah, we uh, we did a, a few fun things, like we went to a Seattle Mariners game, where they won via a walk-off hit in the bottom of the 10th, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, we were celebrating two of our friends' birthdays, so uh, shout out to Nedzin and Trevor, happy birthday
1: yeah happy birthday it was super fun hopefully for them to celebrate their birthday but just having you know that extra bit of something to celebrate but then overall being away and being as a group not in the work environment which of course we all get along um at work but it's It's, nice to not be at work with these people so that was fun and we brought roxy
0: yep Yep,
1: And uh, Tasha was also there, another dog.
0: Yeah, so our friends uh, Alberto and Mia brought their dog as well. Oh, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, we can say that. It's known on the podcast. It's only current <laughs> initial participants that we don't share our personal lives with. Um. So yeah, they brought their dog, which is also a rescue. And so it was the first time um, Roxy and Tasha were meeting. And they, they got along quite well for the most part.
1: Yeah, I mean... We met up at a park because we couldn't check in quite yet to the Airbnb. So just around the corner, we met up. Um, they met. I mean, very non non eventful meeting. Yeah. Uh, Tasha was super super excited yeah. and um energetic. She's a a bit of a bigger dog than Roxy, and she uh can't be left off leash because uh her breed would just she would bolt. just yeah. bolt and just run away. Yeah. Um so Roxy was off leash and Tasha just wanted to play but they did play a little bit yeah. in the house but uh overall very positive experience for both of them both rescue as you say both nervous dogs and uh yeah I think it went really well.
0: I think it was there was a lot of good energy from the owners so the the dogs felt more comfortable and yeah Roxy kind of she doesn't really she doesn't want anything to do with anybody at first so she's kind of like oh, I'm just going to run away and run back to mommy but then she uh she warmed up to everybody. And then she was fine. She was yeah, fine with everyone there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody respects her space too. They realize that she's nervous and doesn't really like, you know, extra attention. Yeah. Uh and, you know, she was just she tolerates everyone and then everybody, <laughs> you know, kind of ignores her, yeah. which is good, which is kind of what she needs.
0: Yeah, so a couple of uh, interesting things. We weren't sure what it was going to be like driving over the border because we haven't done anything like that since COVID. So getting to the US was a bit of a wait, about an hour wait. Uh, If anybody out there, you're thinking of driving to the US, we recommend maybe looking into getting a Nexus card because the Nexus line was like there was zero wait. You could have driven pretty much right through.
1: I mean, yeah, well, getting a Nexus card. Yeah, it's not as easy as saying that. Uh, we don't have Nexus for you know. J- I mean, Jeremy used to. He says, yeah. but it's a little bit of a process, and it's not just oh, apply online and the next day you have Nexus. Obviously, because and yeah. everybody would have it. Um, but yeah, it. What I wasn't too bad. We h- we were hearing horror stories before uh, going that people had been waiting ten hours at the border yeah, and then traffic stuff. of five hours, and it's just you know horrible, horrible. Um stories and we were kind of nervous what time should we leave yeah. uh and yeah an hour an hour and a half ish at the end of it not terrible we kind of expected that we kind yeah. of expected two hours to be honest
0: we planned we planned accordingly and it was fine we just we chilled in the car with mm-hmm. roxy listened to some podcasts <laughs> yeah My exactly. favorite murder. Yay. Uh,
1: yeah so it wasn't uh too too bad and then mm-hmm. coming home was actually way quicker. Yeah, I mean, let's let's also explain that we left on a Saturday morning from Vancouver, and we came back on Monday afternoon, yeah. which wasn't a holiday or anything, uh, back into Canada.
0: Yeah, there was no wait at the border. I mean, there was maybe three cars in front of us when we first pulled up. And funny enough, the Nexus line coming back to Canada was like 20 cars long, because there was only one line. And uh, I think it would have taken longer if we went through Nexus, like if we had Nexus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, and obviously it just depends on the cars in front of you and what they have to discuss with the agent. Like if it's super quick process, then you might not wait very much. But if you have all the cars in front of you that have a lot to declare or discuss or whatever, um, you know, it might take longer. But yeah, overall, I think what I the border once we got there and started waiting in line 15 minutes 20 minutes yeah
0: and uh one big piece of advice make sure you fill out your arrive can uh which is you do it right through an app on your phone that'll make the process go much smoother
1: well yeah you have to do it yeah um Yeah. yeah but then of course being all aviation people going down jeremy especially jeremy and alberto were very very excited to see uh, all the airplanes flying in and out of Seattle and then driving by the Boeing factories as well.
0: Yeah. So we, okay. So Alberto, as you know, friend of the podcast, he's been on here talking about plane spotting and such. We've always been wanting, like, I've always wanted to join him for some plane spotting. And of course, uh, Seattle being such a great hotbed for aircraft. We have obviously SeaTac Airport, which is, you know, Seattle's major airport, lots of Alaska flight, uh sorry, Alaskan Airlines flights going in, lots of Delta flights. Uh, just north of SeaTac, we have BFI. Uh, and as we were driving into Seattle, as we were driving by, I noticed that they have two triple seven, uh, X's, which is like the new version of the triple seven that they're testing at the moment. And, uh, so of course I'm chatting back and forth with Alberto and I was like, oh my God, look at those, uh, look at those aircraft. Like they just, they looked so awesome on the, uh, on the tarmac there. And so, Alberto's doing research and trying to find out when they actually take off. So, we were trying to to go out there. So, yesterday morning, we actually went plane spotting. We did a couple spots around SeaTac, got some cool shots. And then uh, we were trying to get the 777, but we missed it by about 15 minutes. It had already taken off. Um, but then on the way out, as we were all leaving Seattle, Alberto stopped again. And he got a picture of it just as it was landing. So...
1: Oh, amazing. Uh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he actually, because they were in the car, so he took a picture of his camera with his phone and sent it to me. And I was like, oh, amazing that you got it. So hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be able to to share that picture as well uh, on our Instagram. But to see the triple seven with the wings flexed up, like, that's, I don't know, for an aviation geek like me, like, like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh,
1: wow, well, that's awesome. Yeah, hopefully Alberto will share that picture. If not, you know, you can always follow birdo Aviation.
0: Yeah. So, uh we'll we'll share the link uh
1: I mean, he's been on the podcast post before and we supposed reposted some of his pictures on a previous episode. So just go on our Instagram and you can go and check out his Instagram page and you'll be able to see all the beautiful shots.
0: Yeah. He it's got a amazing. lot of
1: other um cool, cool liveries, liveries yeah. and stuff from other airlines uh because, you know, the ones that don't really fly in and out of uh, Vancouver. So, he he was geeking out real hard Yeah, and, and so was Jeremy, so
0: There's like a Star Wars livery. There's a couple of really cool ones, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that uh, that was awesome. And Jeremy mentioned that we went to see a Mariners game. And that day, or just in general, I don't know, we were right under the flight path. So (laughs) every few minutes, oh, look, another plane. Oh, look. Oh look, nobody was paying attention to them we again. We're all like looking up, watching all the planes go by. Yeah. So and everybody around us was like, Why are they looking at the planes? Oh, I made <laughs> I made
0: friends with the with the guy beside us. I was like, We're all aviation. He's like, Oh, I figured. And then again, being around Seattle, you just expect a lot of aviation people. <laughs> like, come on, it's Boeing's hotspot. So
1: Yeah. But um Yeah, I mean, overall super fun. And we lucked out with our weather as well. I think it was supposed to rain the entire weekend. It's pretty much very similar to Vancouver weather, I think, just very rainy um, type of temperatures. And that that's what was forecasted. And we got a little bit of a downpour as we were driving in. And that's it. Yeah,
0: it was so beautiful. The sun was shining. At the Mariners game, uh, I think most of us got sunburned <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sitting here with a red, red forehead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like, I'm wearing jeans that have like a couple little strategic holes in them just because that's the style of the jean. And of course, I got sunburns through the holes on my legs. So I've got two little spots on my legs (laughs) where I'm burned. Uh, Alex got a lot of sun. Um,
1: The fair skinned of us got a lot of sun. Trevor somehow didn't burn. Yeah. Mm. Um, He was wearing
0: a hat. I was wearing a hat too, so.
1: Ned's in, I think, got a little rosy on her cheeks. But yeah, I think me and Alex were the worst ones. Yep. And then, yeah.
0: We were joking, like, uh, that everyone, when we get back to work today, everyone's going to be like, no, tell us the truth. You went to Cancun for the weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then Alex and I teach together and we're the most burned. Like, our foreheads are both really red, so... They're probably going to think that we're together and that we went on vacation together for the weekend. <laughs> oh, so, too funny. So, whatever. I'll throw them off course, because already they think Jeremy's married to a man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey. Did you mention
1: that already? No, no. I think no. so. Yeah, Jeremy's class thinks he has a sugar daddy and <laughs> that he's married to someone from a previous phase who came to visit. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're all thrown off. Because, I mean, it's a... It's a general acceptance within the aviation industry that the there's a majority of men who are gay. And so, you know, the assumption is there like, oh, he's a male, he's a flight attendant, he must be gay. I mean, I'm not. I have lots of gay friends.
1: Yeah, he's I- not gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's a general assumption. So, and and at first like when I, you know, there was a couple comments in the class and I just kind of rather than saying anything i just kind of went with it and uh yeah whatever
1: (laughs) well yeah because we don't obviously reveal anything until the very end or until they figure it out for themselves so yeah it's i think for now it's very thrown off so yeah yeah it's just entertaining for everyone
0: us especially (laughs) yeah uh okay so Moving on from Seattle and all of that fun shenanigans, uh, we spoke a little bit about this last week that we were going to cover part of an incident this week. It's not going to be a full incident episode, but uh, basically the incident that Natalie had shared with us, it deals with the conclusion. So they finally revealed what caused these this aircraft to go down. So Today, I'm going to be explaining what happened with Egypt Air Flight 804. This occurred May 19th of 2016. So not that long ago, about six years ago, almost to the day. Uh, This was on an Airbus A320. It was going from Paris to Cairo. Uh, On board, we had 10 crew members. Oh,
1: 320?
0: You think 10 crew members? Well, we had the two pilots. We had five flight attendants. And then there's three additional security personnel. That they had on board.
1: Oh, okay. It was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're uh, understaffed. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then we had uh, 56 passengers. So, as I said, on May 19th, 2016, this flight was departing from Paris to Cairo. Everything seemed routine on the flight. Uh, they were flying over the Mediterranean. They were approaching Egypt airspace. They were about three and a half hours, almost three and a half hours into the flight. And this is where the mystery sort of began. So flight 804 crashed into the sea, taking the lives of everyone on board. Speculation began immediately. Some people thought it was terrorism and a bomb on board that brought it down. Some people thought maybe it was aircraft malfunction. They weren't sure. It wasn't clear when they actually got the, uh, the black boxes. Some thought maybe there was some sort of pilot error that caused this. So this incident baffled the aviation world until just last month, nearly six years later. It was determined that the cause of the accident was due to the first officer smoking a cigarette.
1: Wow. That's...
0: It gets better, though. So first officer was smoking a cigarette in the cockpit, and there was a faulty O2 mask that was leaking oxygen. That's what caused the fire... And that's what eventually brought the aircraft down. Now, the crazy part on Egypt Air back in 2016, smoking in the cockpit was allowed.
1: Yeah, let that sink in. That six years ago only,
0: smoking was allowed in the cockpit. Uh, that just that baffles me. That baffles my mind. So it was the combination of, obviously, he was smoking, which he was allowed to do, but with the faulty O2 mask, that was leaking 100% oxygen.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, very unfortunate. It took the lives of 66 people, the 10 crew members, and 56 passengers. But how crazy is that? I it Like, I mean, I've been flying for over 20 years. Just the thought of... Smoking on board and it not being a huge deal baffles my mind.
1: Yeah, because you, with our airline in Canada, smoking has never been allowed since you've been flying.
0: No, no, no. I mean, I think they stopped smoking sometime in the 80s. Like, And what's crazy is a lot of people don't know this, but all aircraft still have ashtrays on board. Uh, and when I'm teaching initial training, and we, t- we discuss this, people say, but why? I say, because if someone is stupid enough to actually smoke on board, you need a safe place to dispose of the cigarette. And that's why we still have ashtrays on board. And depending on the aircraft and configuration, some, I believe some of the ashtrays are no-go items, meaning if that ashtray is missing, the aircraft can't leave.
1: Yeah, I know. I've I've heard that before. And it's, yeah, it's it's and it's a p- piece of plastic on certain aircraft and well, lavatory, metal, yeah. lavatory doors, and it's just hmm, this little thing could stop the aircraft from flying.
0: Yeah, so interesting. But I, how do you feel about pilots being allowed to smoke six years ago on that on that airline?
1: I mean, different regulations around the world. It's shocking, but at the same time, it's like, yeah not shocking in certain ways as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just sad that that happened. And I mean, I now I'm guessing it's banned.
0: Uh, from from what I read, it's no longer allowed.
1: Yeah. But is it because of this incident or?
0: Uh, well, I, see, that's part know of the mystery. Until now. Like there was so many, there was a lot of false reports coming out, like within days and even a, a couple months following the incident, people saying, oh, we figured it out. It's this. And then they're like, no, just kidding that's wrong. We'll scrap that idea. Like it was a few things like that. And and when a plane goes down into a large body of water, like the Mediterranean, you know, it's hard to piece everything together. Interesting, eh?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's a good, uh, good little article. Mm
0: -hmm. So thank you, Natalie, uh, for for sharing that with us. Uh, And what do you, how do you feel about that, about smoking on board, things like that? And I told... um, I was telling my class this phase, like, it doesn't happen all that often. You know, I've had it probably less than 10 times in my career where we've caught a passenger smoking on board. That being said, one of my participants from last phase, first flight, boom, someone got smoking on board.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's actually still more common than people think. And especially now with the vaping and all that, electronic yeah. cigarettes, those are very common as well. And people think, well, they're they they do not emanate as much smoke or whatever. So it's not as bad, but they still have vapors and it's still not allowed. allowed yeah. So yeah, those um those are not common, but it's not uncommon. Yeah. You know, it's somewhere in the middle, like it happens here and there. And yeah, passengers just think that they, they can do whatever they want sometimes. And uh, yeah, I've had passengers smoking in the lavatory. You know, I had an international flight at some point when I was based in Toronto, and you could definitely tell that someone had been smoking because you could smell the cigarette smoke. We didn't catch the person, I don't think, but you open that lavatory and it smells you can tell it's a very
0: distinct smell, yeah, yeah,
1: and it's not. And then we were at least three hours, four hours into the flight. So it's not like someone smoked before the flight and then went in the lavatory and you can still smell it. Yeah. Impossible. Like maybe that person, if they smoked on the ground, like their jacket would have a a smell or something. Like that would be the extent of it. But no, someone definitely smoked on that flight in that lavatory. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So... So, yeah.
0: let's hear from, from everyone out there. Have you ever caught a passenger smoking on your flight? Or wh- how do you feel about the potential that passengers still do this? You know, after so many years when we know how bad how bad smoking is and how dangerous it is, fire on an airplane, it's no bueno, as I like to say. It's not, uh, not something I ever want to experience.
1: Yeah, so, uh, don't smoke on a plane. Yep. And
0: uh, if you're out there flying... Make sure you're nice to your flight attendants.
1: Because they might have to save your butt one day.
0: Oh, There's got to be a joke in there about a cigarette butt, no? <laughs> All they, right. They
1: will save your cigarette butt.
0: There, That's true. That's true. And if you smoke, they'll save your cigarette butt for evidence. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram, at Mod Turbulence on Twitter, and follow us individually on Instagram at Huffy J and at La Delvie. Thank you.